All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Bernie Perron, and you're watching Nasty Knuckles. Listening to Nasty Knuckles, the Hockey Outlaws Podcast, with your hosts, Terry Nasty Sutemeyer and former Philadelphia Flyer Enforcer Riley Cote, as they go behind the scenes with your favorite NHL players. Time to face off. Welcome back to Nasty Knuckles. What's happening, Nasty? What's up, Rigorelia? Uh in the studio. In the back. We're back. And I know we touched on this on OT, which everyone needs to check out um, yesterday. But quickly go over you not playing with Dan Barry. Oh, man. There were some people asking questions. <laughs> he wasn't afraid of anything. No, I was definitely not afraid of anything except for maybe the power play time. I was. Like, you were getting a lot. You were going to get a lot of power play time, but <laughs> got to. We we got to talk to Big Mac, Dave McIsaac, the head coach of the Hat Tricks there, and Dan Barry. Um, he's going to get Riggs signed for another game. Couldn't make it because of uh, his daughter. She's fine. She's doing better. Um, but uh, we're going to make a trip out of this one. Yeah, we definitely got when to. you play. So Had the contract and signed and everything, man. I know. It was ready to rock. I know. Bags were packed. Toby's were rocking. <laughs> we had a crew had going. A tough, uh, well, a tough decision. It well, was you can, you can't decision. be insensitive. You gotta, you gotta take care of your priorities, Nash. Yeah, you do. Family you first. Do. Family first. Family first. But there's uh, plenty of other opportunities to. 
Yep. To grease it out with the Danbury hat tricks. Can't see wait. See how that goes down. Can't wait. And, um, um, well, last night we had a nice little dinner party. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Aaron Krause, our good friend, uh, and his lovely wife, Stephanie, were just awesome having us over with uh, our buddy Provy. Can't thank them enough. What a great meal for one. Uh, <laughs> Riles didn't talk for about 30 minutes. Oh, my God. He was be, I think he's missing insane. a couple fingers, maybe. <laughs> Uh, oh, the man. way you're eating, but that uh, was awesome time. And uh, Provi got to try out his new Tovi sticks, which he's yeah. um, given a shot. So we'll see what happens. I uh, watching him shoot. I think he could shoot with anything. Oh yeah, but he was he was ripping the was puck ripping pretty it. good. So can't wait to see what happens rip with that. It, rip it, yeah. I'm testing it on the ice today. Yeah, that's right. Hopefully, uh, he likes that. Everyone, uh, this stick's amazing. I'm not kidding. I'm not just saying it. If you know me. You know I'm not the greatest player, but the feel of the stick's amazing. Riley can talk about it because he actually has a set of middies. Um, I don't know what that, but well, uh, it makes me feel like my mitts are softer than yeah, they actually are. But if you if you go to <laughs> Tovi.com, use NK20, you get 20% off your full order. So um, it's worth it. The sticks are unbelievable. So, yep, absolutely. I think this technology will. Uh, will change the hockey stick landscape. It's going to yes. take some time because I think there's an adjustment period for a lot of guys that seem to to like the ceremonial portion of taping their of sticks. Of taping their stick, but, exactly. You know, I think you can wrap your head around not taping your stick, but the feel is there, the balance is there. That's right. Obviously, feather light, um, all that good stuff. Unbelievable. So highly durable. Um, yeah, yes. tobyhockey.com. That's right. And recapping the Flyers, I know we did that as well on OT yesterday, um, but just, uh, you know, 0-6 in the last uh, um, six. And, yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, looking for that next win to hopefully change the course of the season because right now they're in an absolute funk. Yeah. Um, can't score. Power plays is a nightmare. Um, and uh, they're absorbing way too many shots on net and yeah. giving up too many goals, obviously. So we have yeah. to figure out something here uh very very quickly yeah i i think they will i mean i'm fingers crossed here it's it's tough like we said yesterday on ot um you get in a funk and it's hard to get out of it yep. and it's tough you're almost trying too hard it's not that the boys aren't trying they're <laughs> it's frustrating you got to find a way to fight through and you are battling injuries kevin hayes practiced today on the power play so maybe he's back in the lineup tomorrow don't know that for sure um it'd be a great boost if he was yeah. and he's feeling better obviously he looked a little sore in the first two games he played and then yep. he re-aggravated his injury so um he spent uh the last week in tampa uh doing some uh extra work i believe just you know getting worked on and stuff like that so hopefully he's back and ready to rock and roll and yep. you know playing in new york i know he likes doing that so yeah right who um, doesn't play to, yeah who doesn't right um but anyway let's hope they get it going um i know they have it there we just got to get that power play going and i think that'll fix a lot of things like we we talked about so yeah just need a little spark a little momentum change yep. the course of the season uh, exactly probably uh Maybe a silver lining, getting this uh, this flurry of losses out of the way earlier in the season. And, yeah, that's and, what and I'm And hopefully hoping. can bounce back and, and, and you know, find that they're winning ways moving forward and be ready for playoff time. So Yeah, exactly. Lots of work to do. We have to come together as a collective unit. You know, there's no other way out of it than, no. than that. You know, it's not going to be individuals. There's going to be some, obviously, some individual efforts, but uh, collectively they got to figure this thing out. And 
think every hockey player has been in this situation before. Every team has dealt with this before. I think it's just uh, the the adversity that's expected throughout the season. No yeah. one likes it. Fans don't like it. Players don't like it. Coaching staff don't like it. But you know uh, it is like what it, it is. <laughs> it's tough business. Yeah. Like you said, these guys do care. They are trying. Um Tough league, man. There's some good and, players. Yeah, some it's good another teams thing out there, people you know? forget. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good league. It's the best league in the world. So yeah. um, we'll get it going here. Boys are going to get it going. Let's hope they get a, a big win tomorrow night, hopefully, and uh, start turning the tide here. Yeah, no doubt. What do you got here, Nast? Oh, what are you drinking? Got a little Myco tea. Oh, now what, what's on the cover? What's what we on? got? It's one of our uh, one of our newest sponsors, Myco tea, Nectar of the Gods. Living Mycelium Beverage. Got the Nasty Knuckles logo right on this bad boy. It's, uh, I love this stuff. Yeah, um, it's awesome. It's, uh, it's an interesting product that most people don't understand um, because it's a little bit mysterious with, the, with the, uh, the living mycelium that's floating around. Yeah. Not that it's the same as a fermented tea like kombucha. It is not fermented, but um, it is living off some added organic glucose that this thing feeds off of and highly nutrient rich um an amazing replacement for for other caffeinated beverages or in addition to yes but uh Mike OT, newest sponsor yes awesome company awesome genius humans yes they what are what are you thinking Nast? oh you i love like it tea? i love it look at you Where's yours? Did, did you need did you need help opening that? I, did, I saw yeah, you struggling yeah, I know, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if you wanted to bring in the, yeah, <laughs> the fucking the big gun here. <laughs> work oh. on the old forearms. Yeah, uh, it's awesome, man. It's a, they're a great partner, and and the tea is amazing. Yep. Hoping to get it into some uh, local establishments here. Yeah, and this one here is cordyceps. There's uh, twelve different species actually. They, they have uh, cordyceps and and lion's mane seem to be the go to. Um, for us anyways but uh you can check them out at drinkmycot.com and uh hockey outlaws to save 10 percent on your order so amazing products um you know very unique amazing. haven't seen anything else like this in the marketplace so check it out and you will enjoy you will and this week's episode episode 51 is presented by my bookie from all the biggest games to the smallest events make every bet worth your while with my bookie yes sir Riggs. you start by doubling your first deposit initially with my bookies first deposit bonus double your money before you even place a bet and all you have to do is sign up and deposit using my exclusive promo code our ex- exclusive promo code knuckles at my bookie Oh, yeah, Nass. There are a ton of great games and prop bets to take advantage of this week, but let me point you in the right direction for your first wager. Get in on the action now, Big Cat. I scared him. Sorry about that. There are a ton of hockey games on the slate this week, plenty of NBA, and some big matchups for the NFL, which I know you love. Oh, yeah. Where else are you getting your first deposit doubled? You're not. promo code Knuckles. No, you're not. And double your first deposit for up to $1,000. Take a look at the unique props, teasers, and parlays all offered right now at MyBookie. Use the promo code KNUCKLES. Let's go. Welcome back. I'm Riley Cote. And I'm Derek Settlemeyer. And this week, we are honored 
do have the man, the myth, the legend, Hall of Famer, Flyers Hall of Famer, Vezina winner, Con Smythe winner, number one in your program, and number one in your heart, Mr. Bernie Perrant. Bernie, how are you, my friend? Oh, my God, I could listen to you the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Pop truth. It's the truth, man. <laughs> this is awesome. Life is good. Life, yeah. You know what? Life is uh, beautiful. And um, take it one day at a time. But it's a, um, you know what? I keep, I keep sharing with people. As long as you have a vision or you have visions in life, it's a beautiful thing because you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. It's exciting. That's true. Yeah, that's the truth. Very true. And uh, you're, you're you're recently recovering from uh, back surgery. How are you feeling from that? Ah, you know what? It takes time. They, yeah. um, it's, it's been um, a month. And um, the doctor said that it takes takes about two months, you know, to recoup. And what it means by two months is I can't, you know, the BLT um, set up. You can't bend down. You can't lift anything. You can't twist. So, um, so, you know, they, um, and then as you, <clears throat> pardon me, as you start feeling a little bit better, you know, you want to do more things, but you have to be disciplined not to do it. You know, wait, wait until two months go by and then start doing uh, different things. So, so it's a good time of the year to get it done anyway. Yeah. yeah right. I, Bernie, Bernie is it, I would have to imagine it's throwing a little bit of a curveball into your dancing. Well, you know, they, they, um, obviously you've never seen me dance. uh, (laughs) I would imagine knowing you, uh, the amazing man you are, I figured you came right out of surgery and we're two stepping down the hall a little bit, but I know that's a, that's a pretty serious, uh, surgery though. I'm kidding. I'm glad you're feeling better though. Well, you know, you know, it's a, like I said, it's a good time now. So then you recoup, you know, during the winter. And then when the summer comes, which, you know, my passion is the boat, you know, I'd love to go fishing in the ocean. And um, by then, you know, no, I'll be good, I'll be strong, and then we'll go out and we'll have fun. That's right. Yeah, you would be ready to rock Yeah, all, all winter to recover. I'm sure it's driving you crazy. I know you're a busy man and, uh, and a guy that likes to stay in the community and be active. So I'm sure it's, uh, we mm-hmm. talked about this last week a little bit. I'm sure, you, you know, I'm sure it's driving you crazy. Yeah, yeah, you know, they, um, they, uh, you know, a lot of things could drive you crazy, but you, um, you take it one, one at a time, and yeah. um, always, you know what, guys, it's always again my philosophy is always things happen to you, and, and if you really pay attention, there's a reason why they're happening. You just go along with the flow, and everything works out well. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. Yeah. Find the lesson in it all. Right. I think that's the, mm-hmm. the challenging part for most people. They always seem like it's the doom and gloom when something bad happens, but there's always, always something to learn from, from yeah, anything good know, or bad. You know, you know, you hear a lot of people say, why me? You know, and, um, I'm here to say, why not? You know, because you know, you know, if it's not going that well today to repeat myself and uh, dream about tomorrow, and um, you keep doing this, beautiful things will happen. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's the truth. Well, wish you best in your recovery, there, Bernie. I know, uh, I know you got some some time left, but uh, you have a you have the right attitude, obviously. So, props to you for that. 
Yeah, it works out good. It's coming along. Yeah. So great. we'll be there. We'll be there. Thank you guys out fishing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we're yeah. talking about it. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're really looking forward to that. That would uh, that would be on the bucket list, to say the least. Yeah, for sure. Um, now we will. Yeah. Hey, and listen, guys, if we don't catch any fish, first of all, we go, uh, when, I, when I fish, we go out like 80 miles out, you know? And... And, you know, sometimes they're not always successful. So, so if it just happened that they would don't catch any fish, I know a good place where we could buy some. So we're coming <laughs> home with That's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> oh, oh, you know. That's great. Better than catch some fish. We're going 80 miles out. You're going out. 80 miles out. <laughs> you catch, catch something. Up. I'll throw Riley in there for bait, Bernie. Yeah, exactly. Something will come get him. I'll sacrifice oh, yeah. my arm at that point. <laughs> Not, yeah, this is not 80 miles an hour. We go um, 80 miles out. out. Yeah, yeah, right. that, yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. That's a hike. That's a hike for that's sure. That's a long way. And you were saying last uh, week when I, when I saw you there, Bernie, what was the biggest fish that you ever caught? Biggest one we ever caught at the, uh, it's called the Baltimore Canyon, which is, they're called the canyons because the flats, before you get to the canyons, are about 300 feet deep. And when you hit the canyon, it, it drops about 1,500 feet. So, you know, you try to fish along, along right on the edge, the edges of uh, 300 and 1,500 feet and some beautiful, uh, you know, get some beautiful fish. And one year, we hooked up on a um, beautiful blue barn, okay? And um, we fought them for two and a half, maybe three hours. And finally, uh, uh, Usually what we do, if it's not in the tournament, you release them. And uh, this one um, died on us, so we, we had to bring bring the fish in. And I had a block and tackle set up, you know, so um, we tied the fish up and then bring them in the, um, the uh, cockpit, you know, the, of the boat. Then we took the boat and then we, we came home and the biologist was waiting for us, you know, uh, because he heard about the that big fish we're bringing home. And he opened the fish up, think about this, and he said there was an old female, 25 years old. Wow. How about this? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 25 years old, and the fish was 900 pounds. Wow. You know? Oh, my God. I know. That was a, uh, <laughs> I say, um, what an experience that was. Yeah, I don't say. You know, something like this is once in a lifetime, and there's a lot to be grateful for. Beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah, no yeah, doubt. No doubt. The forearms must have been burning after that one. Reel it in. that one in. How long did you say it took? Three hours? To uh, find the fish? Yeah, well, to, yeah. to reel it in, yeah. Yeah, three hours. Yeah, wow. you, uh, you know. You figure, you figure a fish like this, by the time you got back, we were 80 miles out, so a fish would lose Quite a few pounds, you know, and dry dries up. So um, the fish had to be um, biologists and had to be at least uh, a thousand pounds. So, wow! So yeah, it's, it doesn't happen every trip, but when it does, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, that's incredible! That is. Hopefully, mm -hmm. we can scoop up a nine hundred pounder right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> See you work. I may that. need your help, Bernie. Your back will be okay by then. You know, it might take two of us to pull that thing in. Well, listen, listen, guys, I've been fishing in the ocean for 46 years and haven't got a fish, you know. <laughs> the boat has, but yeah. I haven't got a fish. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Because I'm on the boat all the time. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so it's a, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Looking forward to that. Should be an amazing experience. Yeah. See Nasty reeling something in. Oof. That'd be mm. cool. Well, you know what? Quickly, the um, usually you fish with gas over there. It's um, like 100, 150 pound yellowfin tuna, which is still a very, uh, you know, good size uh, fish. And, um, and you have values you know uh, you know you have all, all kinds of all kinds of nature is beautiful um, 80 miles out it's a beautiful thing once in a while you see big wells you know swimming going oh, by the boat and it's a uh, sometimes could be a little bit scary but uh, they're friendly you know and um, it, it, the whole thing is very exciting a lot of fun well happy. you'll enjoy yourself yeah, yeah i'm looking forward for to sure it. I've never been out that far, so it'll be uh, it'll be an experience for me, and definitely yeah. never fished for for I, a fish that size. No, either, me either. So, looking forward to that. Cool. Uh, yeah. So we wanted to shift gears here, talk a little bit about uh, the Flyers, Flyers, yeah, Flyers sure. hockey current situation. I know we touched on this uh, a little bit last week there when I was uh, on your show there, Bernie. But uh, uh, and since then, I think they've dropped uh, a couple. At yeah, least, a few more. Not three. Yeah. Um, but, uh, w- you know, what are your thoughts overall on the direction it's going? Cause it started off well, seemed to have a lot of good energy. The team was, uh, you know, obviously winning some games and they look like a collective unit. And what's, what's, what's going on? Do you think from your, well, your perspective? you know, I, I think what's going on now is, uh, is, uh, more of a lack of communication on the ice. I think they have good players. They have good coach, you know, good system, and um, good goalies, you know, and and I think I think it's all it comes down to communication, you know, and um, as uh, starting from the goalies to the defense to the forward, and um, the coaching, you know, coaching staff and the whole bit, and and uh, you know what, especially when things are going south a little bit, like like they have been the last uh, few games, was it? Five or six games. It's six, I think they lost. yeah, six now, Bernie. Yep. You know, it's this is a time where where you have to have meetings and and not be afraid to share how you feel about what you're doing and how you feel about what the players are doing. I'm talking as a um, uh, as a goaltender, for example. You know, talk to your defenseman. You know, mostly and um, and and uh, you know. It, and to me, best best way to do this is ask questions. You know, what do you do in certain situations? You know, because once I understand more what you're going to do, then it helps me to anticipate and um, be at the right place at the you know, at the right time. And I remember <clears throat> quickly when we had situations like this when I played them, and Joe Watson was. Um, I had great defensemen, but Joe was a, a very, very um, student of the game. And, and Joe would always share with the other guys, and I was part of the group too, as a goalie, that the defensemen should always focus on the chest of the player, not the puck, not the stick or whatever they had, mm-hmm. face on the, on, the, um, on the chest, okay? So, so wherever the player would go, then Joe would know exactly how to position himself, how to do it. And then, and then the fact that I 
you know, as a goalie, if I know what they're, if they're doing the same thing, I'll, I'll do the defense. Then if you have a right-hand shot, for an example, I know that nine out of ten times the shot will go on the left side. If it's a left-hand shot, ten out of nine out of ten times it will go on the six side. So it helps you to anticipate. And if I make nine nine saves and let one one in, I think it's pretty good average. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so it's communication, and then and then having said said that, then there's more communication between the defense and the forward. You know, who's going to back check? How you're going to back check? What, what can I expect from you when you're back checking? What can you expect from me as a defenseman? So once you understand more and more about what you're going to do in different situations, then you put this together as a team and then you perform a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, that's good insight. There's definitely a lack of communication. I 100% agree with that. I almost feel like it's even deeper than that at times where – like we were at the Carolina game the other day and um, you know, they scored a goal early and then I think that five shots in the first few minutes and then they didn't, they didn't get a shot on net for 12 minutes. And then the next shot on net, Farabee had that shorthanded goal, but there's just like, I don't know, urgency, uh, what the word is exactly. Um, you know, there's, I just feel like some of these other teams that they're playing just seem to be crisper and, and, and a little bit more assertive, you know, if you will, as far as the way they're playing the game. I just feel like the Flyers mm. go through pockets of like showing a ton of energy and offense and then just like dry spells. And it's, it's like an inconsistency that I'm seeing yeah. anyways. Um, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you, do you see that same? Well, you, yeah, you, you know, you, you have, you have a good point. You know, it's a uh, 60 minute game, you know, it's not uh, 10 or 15 minutes, you know, and, uh, and it takes a lot of, um, a lot of, um, and I'll go back just quickly here, a lot of com- communication to be performing at your best with the team, as a team, um, for 16 minutes, you know, and uh, because you're playing against good hockey players. Sure. So, yeah. so it's, not just, it's not just your team, but, you know, you have to respect those guys. They're good hockey players. But once you understand your system, then, um, then, then instead of, Instead of guessing, playing a guessing game, I would say, then then you put yourself in a situation where you talk about this, you practice the thing, and and um, nine out of ten times you'll be uh, successful. Very important. Yeah. Yeah, Bernie, I uh, talking to, uh, with Keith Jones a little bit, and um, <clears throat> he had a pretty good point too. Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on this. Their power play is struggling so bad, and it's it's something they've they've counted on for the last i don't know how many years 10 years uh it's been really good with g you know claude Giroux. obviously he's an unbelievable power play player but he feels like if if that can get going then every other part of the game hopefully can come together just because obviously there's a lack of confidence right now um on the power play and they've got the players to score some goals obviously Mm -hmm. right right well you know it's the same thing you're playing against a team who study obviously has um, the team has studied your team, so they know what you're doing in different situations. So, so you have you have to make some changes. You know, you have to react differently because if you react the same way as you done the game before and the game before, then they'll be at the right place at the right time, and you won't be able to make your 
your um, your move or whatever you know decision. So so you have yeah, yeah it's a constant challenge of of uh, creating uh, creating situations where the the opposite team is uh, as doesn't has no clue exactly what you're going to do your next move, and that's when you um, you take advantage of that you know that uh, situation. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. They definitely got to get uh, more creative, and these teams almost over scout their opponents. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're they're watching, you know, G, and you know, they're they're keeping an eye on on the go to guys. So they're gonna have to get um, a little more creative. I 100% agree, and I think you know to Nassie's point and Keith Jones' point, like if if they can just crack the seal a little bit, at least generate a little momentum with a, a power play goal, you know, every other game or something like that. You know their their goals per game will go up, and naturally they'll they'll at least be in some of these games and have a chance to actually win them. Because if you're not scoring the power play, you're you, there's no yeah. there's no way you can you, you can you could win games consistently. Now this is you know this is uh, we're talking about a situation during the season that um, um, you know it, it's time to solve the problem, right? And the problem is 21 guys. You know it's not the um, two or three guys, you know, it's the whole team. And uh, this is why, again, communication among the players, you close the, the dressing room, you close the door, and you go one by one, and what am I the one room? And you ask the players and 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 share with them what you're doing wrong also. And then it's not, it's constructive criticism, you know. And once you look at this, is then, then it gets you closer, gets you to understand more of what's going on and make the changes as you go in the ice. Because like you said earlier, um, you know, teams, they don't pay attention to what you're doing, you know. And if you don't change your style a little bit, if you play the same style, then they'll anticipate what you're doing and uh, then it becomes very difficult to succeed, to score goals. Yeah, yeah. For sure, and and in building off that, you, you touched on closing the door and having a a, a, a team meeting, uh, if you will. But to talk about like the leadership group within the Flyers and the importance of leadership, because you've been on some amazing teams with some you know really rock solid leaders, uh, you know, with two Stanley Cups and, and probably uh, you know a few other years there where you guys didn't win. Um, but um, can you can you can you talk to the importance of that core group of leaders and how they can you know, how, how they can help turn this thing around and how much power and, and influence they actually have on the, the rest of the team? Yeah, I, yeah well, I, think, I think leadership comes in the three ways, you know. I think it starts with the goaltender, you know. Communication is very important. Then it goes to the defense, and then it goes to uh, the forwards. So, you know, you have your... Leader, you know, with the forward, you have your leader on the, the one leader on defense, and you have you have your goaltender, and um, you know it's important to have to have the, those uh, three steps because um, that's what makes the machine go, you know, and and uh, if leadership slows down a little bit or it's not happening, that that's when the team suffers because that's when you can constantly make mistakes, you know. So, but it's very very important, and then. And then when you come into a dressing room, maybe after uh, the first period, and, and let's say the first period wasn't too successful, then you have leadership for each part, forward, defense, goaltender, and, um, and then you share. 
you know, what you saw. You know, you share about what I saw as a goalie, what mistakes were made, even what good moves were made, but also what mistakes were made. And it applies to the defensemen, applies to, to, to the forwards. And then, and then you go around and spend five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, and um, it, make, it, it makes the players understand um, the changes or whatever they, they have to do to, to get on the right track and, and become successful and very, very important. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, and, and talking things through is is really the key. And you've mentioned it several times, the communication. You know, you, you can't sit back and feel sorry for yourself and just kind of, you know, harbor your frustrations. I think, you know, like opening up and, you know, guys are passionate, maybe frustrated at times and uh, at, at the very least throwing it out there for, for guys to rally around, you know, and, and, and communicate back to seeing maybe what kind of solution we could we can come up with right because it's a it's it's a it's a team effort even even guys on the ice are seeing something different than maybe the you know maybe the the, the coaching staff or maybe some suggestions but i think uh you know the, the leadership group you know they say i always say the, the core leadership group um needs to help steer the rudder but i think like everyone is a leader in their own right and everyone's got to do their own part and, and, and tow the rope but uh I think just these dialogues need to continue to happen. You know, you're not going to talk your way out of this 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 losing slump that they're in. But um, you know, I think it's just connecting on a few different pieces of the game, and 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 hopefully that that will help fulfill the, the rest of the game and, and bring things together. But uh, it, it's of, of course, I remember quickly in in our days with uh, Fred Shero, our coach. You know, and every practice. Every one of them we would practice a half hour how to come out of our zone. And we had four or five different ways to come out. Mm-hmm. We would spend a half hour every practice, the beginning of a practice, and, and we were challenged by forwards coming, you know, coming in and how we would how we would come out. And you know, you know, practice as they say, you know, good expression. Practice makes um, perfect, you know. And and so you spend twenty, you spend a half a half hour coming out of your zone. We had, like I said, five different ways to come out and practice those five ways. So um, so if so if you have the puck and one guy instead of coming out along the the boards here on the left hand side, if a guy's you know somebody's on top of him, then you have to figure out some your second options or third options or whatever. And and then it got to a point after a while that once we had the puck in, in, in inside of our blue line, I mean, behind the net, I could pick up the, a book and start reading a book. That's all confidence. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, but, you know, it, it, it makes a big difference, you know? So when we got into the big games, and especially during the playoffs, um, you know, we were very, very dis- disciplined. You know, talk, people talk about the Flyers. We had a tough team. Of course we did. But sometimes I think they uh, bypass the discipline we had inside of our blue line, which that's what made them, uh, you know, listen, when we played um, Boston, first year we won the Cup, Bobby Orr, Spazito, Ken Hodge, and all those guys, you know, they, they had, they, you know, there's a team should have won in four, four or five games. But we beat him, beat him because of the discipline and the whole year practicing and working on what we should do. The way, 
a team would challenge us, how we would come out of the war zone. You know, it was automatic and it was a beautiful thing to do. Yeah, that's definitely a lot lot better, especially for you being a goaltender. If if you, that puck's getting out of there with a you know without the turnovers, like there was a yeah. a tough one last night. That oh, you got a phone? You got a phone call? Uh-huh. Coming? A phone I call? My oh, bad. sorry, Bernie, you calling from there? <laughs> uh, no, but anyway, uh, that for a goalie, that's uh, it's got to be comforting, like you said, knowing that pretty much every time that puck's getting out of your zone because of the discipline and because you worked on it every day. You know, day after day. So that's really a good point because last night there was a, there was a couple plays. Again, back to your communication, it looked like there was a lack of that, and and I know it's it's a struggle. They're, they're struggling right now, and 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 it, you're gripping the sticks. You know, nothing's coming easy at all. So hopefully, they find a way to get through this and and uh, turn turn this streak the other way. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you know, at the end of the day, you could talk about something like we are right now, but unless you go in the ice and and practice and do what you're talking about, you're not going to improve the, situa- the situation. That's right. So, um, so that was, Fred Sherrill was, was awesome. And I like the coach, the Florida's coach, you know, we have right now. He's, uh, you know, communicates well with the, with the players and uh, they'll turn around. They have a good team. They'll turn this around. I, yeah. I agree with you. And, you know, like no one wants excuses. Claude Giroux said that the other day, you know, they brought up the injuries. Well, obviously you don't want, the guys that are out are, are pretty big pieces in their lineup, uh, Ellis and um, Kevin Hayes. But let's be honest, it does have something to do with their play. It doesn't help the situation when you, you went out and got Ellis to play with Provorov, and, and he's missed almost the whole season so far. So mm-hmm. hopefully those guys get healthy. And you don't want to make excuses. I, I know you would never make an excuse, and, and neither of these oh, guys. I did. Oh, you did? I did. I did. <laughs> I would blame my defense. Of course you did. <laughs> well, that's okay. Oh, you're a goal. You're the goalie. You're the man. So that's great. Oh yeah. yeah. But it certainly helps when you when you have an extra defenseman like Ellis that can you know, say carry the mail. But you know, you say it's breaking the puck out. Like you break the puck out cleaner or a few a few more times a game in, in a proper manner you play away from the net that much more right and the flyers are struggling to score so i mean you land up just playing more offense when you're able to break the pucks out more cleanly but having a guy like ellis that he logs 30 minutes yeah. a night and can and move the puck and skate the puck certainly helps but, no question but you know you, you know quickly you look at the system today the way the game is played and i'll just be brief here you know you have I'm in goal. You have two defensemen in front of me, and each defenseman had half of the ice. Okay, they were the left hand side and the right hand side. So if the player came across the middle of the ice inside the blue line, then you stop and you let your defenseman carry the load, take take care of him. You know, and then the type of system that we had. Well, today the game, the way the game is played. My Lord, it's a you know it's a different you know it's a different um, a different story you know the um, because the players are everywhere yeah. you know there's no really when you think about this it's not really a system that is working that is producing goals you know just it's just they're um, they're constantly in movement you know and um, that creates a lot of um, uncertainties on the defenseman the goalie or. Or the forwards and backing backing down and um, 
trying to trying to to help uh, the whole thing. So it's a different approach, different, you know. So what I was talking about before, if I be a, a goaltender coach, for example, and working with a defenseman, I couldn't share that with them as much because because players are everywhere now. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, right. It's very dis- very difficult to be disciplined because uh, the, the, the police are changing directions in so many ways so fast. It's very, very, very uh, difficult to overcome. So, um, and then, and then I have to share with you quickly here about the goaltending. If you look at all the, all the goaltenders, National Hockey League, they all have the same style. Yes. Okay. Not maybe five or six or whatever. Yep. All of them, they're all playing the same style. What is the style they play? They drop to their knees. Why do they drop to their knees? Because the pads that they're wearing, you know, it's so, not because it's so wide or so high or whatever. It's so stiff that they can't, they can't move their, their skates sideways to make the save. So they have to drop to their knees to cover the shots on the ice. But once you drop to your knees, then you're committed, man. If yeah, the yeah. puck changes directions, then you see goalies jumping and, and trying to make the save on the other side of the net or whatever. Yeah, it's very difficult. And then when you're standing up, the difference between standing up and dropping to your knees is very simple. When you stand up, you make the save and you redirect the rebounds most of the time. Yeah. But when you're blocking a shot, the shotgun, the rebound goes back in front, yep. and that creates uh, problems. So, so you know, and then again, having said that, then then players have to realize, and I'm sure they are, but have to realize that if the puck goes through, then um, it's going to be anywhere where I'm at now, and um, and try to um, to control the rebound, not the opposite team. Yeah. 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 Yeah, then you got a clean house on those re- on the rebound shots there for sure. Yeah, I didn't realize that with the pads, that was the the, the reason why uh, that that the goalies went down like that. that why the style changed? Oh yeah, it's a whole yeah, it's a whole league. Yeah, all 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 the goalies are playing the same way. Yeah, so I don't know if there's a rule that they have to have those pads or whatever. I'm not sure, but a, um, a you know what? It's a it's it's difficult. For example, you have. Let's say you have the puck in the corner, okay? And you see the goalies. You never see a goalie standing up against the post looking at where the puck is in the corner. If you, if you, watch, you, you watch your games again, you know, you'll see the goalie's always on the Yeah, he's crouched down, right? Yeah. Sealed up against always the post. Always on one knee, yeah. okay? Yeah. So if the puck it gets in front, then it, it interferes with uh, challenging your shooter. Okay, and quite a few times I've seen uh, guys shooting the, the puck towards a goalie, and there's about this much room, you know, a bunch of room between the shoulders and the uh, and the bar, and they'll score goals that way. Yeah. You know? yeah. But the reason they're doing this is because they can't stand against the post because the pads are so um, very difficult to uh, huh. control. So yeah. stiff. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You don't you don't see a guy hugging the post like like you used to. That's for sure. Stand, yeah. you know, standing like you said. Well, you know, especially when Bobby Hall came down with the puck, 
Remember Bobby Hall? Yes. Oh, yeah. 120 yes. miles an hour. Oof. I would hold on the post and give him the opening. <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame you. I can't blame you because your guy's gear isn't nearly as big as wasn't nearly as big as it is now. So I, I can't blame you. Oh my God! 120 miles an hour. Oh, that's you know, insane. Some, sometimes he would come down across the blue line, guys, quickly, and then between the blue line and the circle. It would wind up, you know, big shoulders, <laughs> curved legs. Okay. Yeah. This is Bobby Hall parking right now. <laughs> and, and, and it would wind up. He looked at me. I looked at him. Everything became in slow motion. And I would look up in the sky and say, Lord, that is score she would miss me. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't hit me. I don't blame you. Oh, I don't yeah. blame you. Uh, Ber- Bernie, um, I've been fortunate enough. I got to meet you when I was really young. I was actually in Maine uh, the first time with Sudsy, my dad. He was a trainer there. And yeah. I'm not sure if it was when you were, I think you had just started maybe coaching, being a goalie coach and all that. But um, I don't know if you were still, I don't think you were playing at the time. But anyway, you let me shoot some uh, ball tape balls at you and stuff. It was great. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. But one of the funniest, I've heard you say a lot of funny, funny things too. But one of my favorites was uh, back in the 80s, the, the Flyers were playing the Penguins. And actually it was a station, and I think the station was in Pittsburgh, and they were doing a little bitty clip on my dad because he was the trainer, but he practiced every day in net so yeah. you know if you know my dad he's he's five foot five like you'd never think this guy ever would play goalie but he's ba- five foot five on skates yes there you go exactly bernie exactly so it, yeah so I, I he sends me this video and it's 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 one of the best things ever um all they got they're showing him practice and then they're interviewing all the guys and a few of the guys and like rick talkett says well you you come down the ice and there's just a, there's a lot of net to shoot at you really can't miss it you know and, and then ronnie sutter i think was the only guy who tried to be really nice well he really tries hard you know like but the best was yours the, the guy asked you about you know sudsy being a net and, and you you said excuse my accent i can't do it as good as you but it makes it better you said, well, I'm employed as the Flyers goaltender instructor, but miracles I don't perform. <laughs> and I laughed and watched that a hundred yeah. times. That was one of the best quotes ever. But you did so, perform a lot of miracles on the ice, though. We will say that. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. That's true. And you know what? What you're sharing here is so important as a team to have, you know, to have a, that good connection among the players. Yeah, and um, because, you know, you learn as a kid, you know, as a little kid in sports, you know, not just hockey, but for us it's hockey, of course, but in all sports that that you learn that you cannot win by yourself. You have to be part of the team. It's so important. And then when you're part of the team and exactly what you explained here and you have fun, you know, you're disciplined, you respect the game, but at the same time it's one family. You know, 20, 21 players, you know, and um, you care about each other. You know, you you play the same intensity, you know, and um, you play as a team and beautiful things happen when you do this. Hey, the prime example, look at Gretzky. Yeah, Bobby Orr. Those guys couldn't win by themselves. They had to be part of a good team. That's right. You know, it's very, very important. So, um, so what you shared here, yeah, with your dad's very, very, you know, very important. 
got to have fun. You have to be disciplined, but you have to have fun. And when you have fun, good things happen. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, that's very important. So speaking of, uh, of you know, a couple of good teams you've been on, you you win two Stanley Cups. Uh, you've been on you know several good teams, but you know, talk about uh, you know, and th- and actually, I wanted to bring up too. You know, I, this this popped out today when I was looking up some uh, some numbers for you um, that that you played in in seventy three seventy four. You played seventy three out of the seventy eight games, which is like wow, b- beyond incredible. I mean, no matter what era you play. I mean, you ever that's amazing. A, you ever think that could ever happen again, where a, a number one goalie could play that many games in a season? Well, they, um, I think they, maybe they, uh, the guys a little bit, you know. They're, uh, I, I believe, I believe the more games that you play as a goalie, the more confidence the players get. Sure, playing in front of you, you yeah. know, they. They they understand where you're coming from, what you're going to do, and the whole bit, and the whole thing goes. But if you play two, three games, then you break, you break that, you know, and you put somebody else, and it's it's an adjustment for everybody, you know. And I believe, but that's for that's for me. I believe that the more games you play, the better off you're going to be as a goalie, and better off you're going to be with the defense, and better off you're going to be as a team. Yeah, so it's very, very important. Yeah, yeah, and I and I agree with that. That makes total sense. Do you do you think the the recovery component and 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 the you know the prevention of injury component plays in when you when you start crossing that line of maybe too many games? Maybe more like this day and age, since not that not that you guys weren't refined athletes back then, but I think there's so much more emphasis on recovery. Do you do you think that could work against uh, a, a goalie playing too much and then potentially risking? You know, yeah, yeah, you know what? You know, I, I, my uh, attitude in, in life, you know, when I played, and I'm still the same way today, you know, a, um, um, you have to visualize, okay, very important as a player, not just goalie, but as a player, visualize where you want to be at the end of a hockey season. And of, of, of course, when you want to be as, Going, going down the broad street and um, and um, with the Stanley Cup, you know, w- winning a championship, and that's that's your vision. And once you have that vision, you know, it gives you the energy and and the passion, you know, to uh, to make it happen every game. And um, you know what? For me, for me, I, I I'll never forget the quick little story, guys. We had I had played like. Um, about 40 straight games. Okay? <laughs> and and um, I think about this, and then we were coming back from California and that week, and it was a Saturday night. We played in the afternoon, and we flew back to Boston because we had the game against Boston Sunday afternoon on national TV then, right? And um, and I asked Freddie, I said, Freddie, it's been 40 games. I said, how about – we take the night off tonight and tomorrow, you know, I said, sure, why not? So we get to Boston and then the reporters are saying, Freddie, what are you doing? National TV. You're <laughs> Taylor, for God's sake. Freddie would fix his glasses like this all the time. He said, well, because it's his turn, he said. <laughs> it's his turn, yeah. <laughs> They're throwing <laughs> Chief under the bus there, old Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> National TV, Bernie. I know, I know. My uh, God, yeah. that's great. But but that's that's me. You know, that's uh, 
that's uh, you know you're part of a team. I couldn't stand sitting on the bench watching the team play. I wanted to be part of that. Yeah, so, yeah. Was me. You wonder if any coach in this day and age would have the confidence to run their number one goalie forty games in a row. <laughs> you know, like where they would be getting so much, so much information from goalie coaches and, and yeah. GMs and all the medical staff. You know, I think there's probably almost too much influence now. Uh, but I yeah, do agree with yeah. you. The more you play, the more you're into it, right? I mean, it's, let let the guy buck and of let course, him let him play. Course. Yeah, sure, sure. I, the, um, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I, it, thinking back over the last ten years, probably the only guy that would come nowhere near that record, but Marty Brodeur loved to play. Yeah, yeah, and he played. Yeah. I, no, he, I don't think he ever played forty in a row. That's that's insane. Or, or all the games that Bernie played, but. Uh, he was a goalie that they would just put in there. Uh, he he didn't want to he didn't want to not play. Like, I remember yeah. you know I was able to talk to him a few times and he just he wanted to play like you said, Bernie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and then his dad was a cool, cool dude, cool man because he you know grew up in Montreal and um, and he was a goalie. His dad was a goalie. Oh, okay. I was good. I, I was good friend with him. It was a um, as a matter of fact, it was a lefty. Wow. Yeah, oh, it was lefty, and um, and then after a while, then he became a uh, photographer for Montreal Canadiens. Oh, okay. you know they had that little hole in the glass in the corner. Yeah, and that's why he did, you know he took pictures of the games. But he was uh, he's good man. But Marty, Marty was I could, I call him once in a while. You know we we talked a little bit, and what a great individual. You know what a great goaltender he was. Yeah, you know, he and, was. Um, and you know just just and he played. <laughs> he played a lot of games too, you know, yeah. and uh, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Talk about the, the the team surrounding you there in those, especially those cup cup years. And we talked briefly about like the leadership and um, and, and the core group of guys there. But uh, you know, talk about like that feeling in the locker room because it seemed like you guys were unstoppable. You guys believed it and you visualized it the whole bit. Everyone's on board. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, that team chemistry? You guys had? Oh yeah, yeah. We were good. Uh, yeah, we were good friends. The whole, the whole team, everybody, and um, and um, you know, we especially went on the road. You know, after a game, we uh, was a boss. Everybody had to had to show up uh, wherever we were, the city, at this one spot. You know, have one beer or two beers, and then you could go home or go back to your room or whatever. But everybody had to get together after, and um, we did this. You know, every play, everywhere we played, and um, that's that togetherness we had. You know, and that's that I can't share that enough time. That uh, it really made a big difference when we won against, especially against Boston that year. Then Boston, sure, sure, like I said, should have won in four games. You know, so but that kept us together. You know. And somebody would give you a cheap shot, but that guy knew he had a price to uh, pay. Yeah, not from one guy, but almost the whole team. Now I'll never forget when one time, that's when I was with Toronto. Yeah, I got traded from the Flyers before the Stanley Cup and played two years in Toronto. And and then when I went to Toronto, ended up ended up with the. Um, um, uh, spitting games with Charles Plant, who played for Montreal all those years, right. my idol when I was a kid. Now, yeah. and um, and uh, you know, you know, I remember 
member, you know, with, with, um, you know, with Toronto, you know, I'm going over there, you know, you're down, da, 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 da. but <laughs> looking back, looking back, I'm going, going off here a little bit, but I have to share, I have to share this with you going, you know, looking back at when I went with uh, Toronto, then that changed my whole life, my whole career. Cause I asked him one day, you know, I watched him play and he would make, you know, the incredible saves. And I said, one day I said, can you teach me? He said, sure. And, um, and then I became a different goalie. And then two years later, think about this. This is when you heard the World Hockey League came in to challenge a National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. So I received a phone call that day and um, asking me if I would like to join the, t- the league. Okay. So, so I thought about this for a while and I said, you know what? Everything I learned from Plum, I said, if it doesn't work out, I'll come back to National Hockey League. Oh, it didn't work out the first year. Only played like three quarters of the of the season. I came back, and the rule was you had to go back to your original team, which was Toronto at the time. And two weeks later, Toronto traded me back to the Flyers, and we won the two Stanley Cups. Wow! That's wow! Incredible. Now think about this. I shared this. I shared this with people because. Risk taking is very, very important. Right? Does it have you know calculated risk? Of course, mm-hmm. but take risk because uh, my philosophy is always the same. If you don't take risk, you're going you're going to live the same way the rest of your life. Yeah, that's so, true. So, so get excited, take some risk, and beautiful things will happen. I love it. Yeah, nothing ever good playing it, playing it, happen playing it safe, right? I mean, if you play it safe, like you just don't unlock those opportunities. No, of course not. Yeah. Yeah. Life, life's too short to play it safe. That's right. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> that's true. Wow, that's incredible. I, I did not know how that played out there because I was going to ask you how, how you landed up signing with the Philadelphia Blazers. And did they have an NHL team at that same time then too? They both. No, 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 no. They had the American League. Okay. Yeah, All right. Well, yeah. I, f- I forget the name now, but I uh, was an American. Yeah. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, I was, um, I signed with the Screaming Eagles, Miami Screaming Eagles. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. And, and when I flew back, flew back to Philly from, from Florida, because I signed, I went to Florida, signed, signed a contract. On the way back, I'm on the plane and I found out that the, um, they had sold the team to um, the Blazers, Philadelphia Blazers. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, yeah. Think about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you were so, thinking about um, flip flops every day going to the rink, yeah, <laughs> and he right. ended up moving the team. Oh God, God, the uh, but he, um, yeah, you know, man. Like I said, I, I like to share this with people. You know, take chances. You know, the chances with your passion, what you want to do in life. You know, yeah, go for it. That's right. Yeah. Go for it. Don't worry about how you're going to get there. Just go for it. It will be shown to you at the right place at the right time. Yeah. yeah, I've heard you say that before, Bernie, and it, it always it always resonates with me when you when you talk like that because I've learned that in my in my own personal life and how important that is. But that is amazing advice because I think so many people are crippled by fear and and, and they, they they struggle with taking that that leap of faith if you, if you want to call it that. But it's mm-hmm. nothing more than you say calculated risk. Yeah, we're not suggesting taking stupid risk, but like you know you got to mm-hmm. have some confidence in yourself and put yourself out there. 
And, and you know, I'll also remember, you take the risk, it doesn't work out, it's because universe has something better for you. Right. How yeah. about that? Yeah. Yeah, that it's risk. It's a beautiful way to live, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm, I'm believing that for sure. Yeah. Myself. No, for sure. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's good. It's it's good advice for anybody at any point of their life too, right? Because I feel like people get to a certain age too. They're like, oh well, now now I definitely can't take risk. You can take risk when you're younger, but I think yeah. I, I think the recipe is for forever. Because like you said, if mm -hmm. it, if you fail taking that risk, it's certainly opening up another opportunity, or it's going to show yeah, you you know course. what other direction you need to go because that didn't work out. So you, the answer well, is almost at, over here, you know? Look at the risk I'm, I'm going to take. We're taking you two guys. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. that's a big one. That's a, <laughs> that's a major risk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, God. Yeah, that's going to be a calculated risk for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I'll just stay out of the way. Yeah. Uh, I'll be, watch. Um, I'll just watch. Bernie, you tell us what to do. <laughs> <laughs> So you, I know Bernie you do a lot of stuff in the community. Um, you know you have since you since you retired. You know you're very visible. You're an ambassador. The whole bit. I want to talk a little bit about the stuff you got going on uh, with uh, I think now Snyder Hockey and, and how you're involved in the community. Well, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a good. Um, thanks for bringing this up. The um, JD, my wife, you know, is um, very very creative. And, um, you know, out of, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. That's right. And it's been a long time since 1979, since I uh, played, you know, so new different generation came up and, and if you don't stay up in front of people, you know, and, uh, have communication, you know, with, with the public, you know, a, a different generations, they about you, but they don't, uh, it won't focus that much, you know. But uh, she's she has and is doing a, a fantastic job in keeping, you know, keeping my uh, my name and um, and the excitement, you know, with the people um, about what um, what we did, you know, as a team, not as an individual, but as a team, you know, winning the two um, two Stanley Cups in Philadelphia and um, and uh, you know and. And today I look back, you know, like a lot of young people, you know, the uh, 14, 12, 13-year-old kids, you know, will come up and, hey, Mr. Brown, can I have your autograph, you know? And uh, it's not one kid, you know, talking about a lot of kids. And there's a reason for this because they say, you know, communicate, kids communicate good these days. You know? yeah, it's, not, yeah. it's not like the old days, you know, and uh, she's doing a fantastic job and it's, it, it, it's rewarding. I love it. I love, I love to get involved with people. You know, and um, and you know, if there's a problem or something like this, I'll uh, always be there to listen. And um, and if I, in some ways, I can help, I will. If not, then I'll find somebody to help. But as um, this is, again, you're talking about about it's a big team now. It's not a 21 players, but you know, it's a big team. And if you're able, if you're part of that big big team. And you're helping people. Beautiful things happen. Yes, for sure. That is the truth. You know, putting that good karma into the world, right? The selfless actions. Uh, I feel like, uh, you know, every time I talk to you, you just you can just feel your your good energy. You know, you're a positive person, and you know, you're always smiling. And 
making people feel like a million dollars. So, yes, you know, for sure. I, I, mm-hmm. I see that. I know Nasty sees that. And I'm sure all the Flyers fans uh, and anybody that's ever run into you sees that. So, you know, keep being you because uh, that's what the world needs, them, you know, a lot more of. Well, is, is you, know, you know, one other little thing I'd like to, to share with you too is, is my approach. And, and um, I read about this a few years back and um, after digesting the whole thing, it really makes so much sense is universe. This is what I communicate with universe. Okay. Mm-hmm. And whatever you ask in universe, whatever you have a passion for something, remember it's just, it's, nothing's too big. It's like taking a bucket of water out of the ocean. You know, it won't change the ocean and ask number one. Okay. Ask universe, whatever, whatever your um, desire, whatever your passion, whatever you want to do, you know, ask. Number two, very important to remember, believe. Mm-hmm. And every day, every day when you get up, you think about what you've asked, you believe in it. And when you're happy, you, you know, you're pumped, you know, you believe in this. Yeah. That's when good things happen. And the third one is received. And this is so powerful. How you, How it's going to happen it's not of your concern. Mm-hmm. I'll have it, you know, it all belongs to the universe. So ask, believe, and receive. And how you're going to receive, then you get up in the morning and say, maybe today, maybe it's going to happen. But the universe will rearrange situation and people to come into your life that you, you couldn't imagine to do this the rest of your life. But the universe is, will bring the right people the right place at the right time to make it happen beautiful thing yeah it is and i've been studying this as well bernie it's essentially the law of attraction right you have to emotionalize you have to emotionalize and believe with every cell in your organism that that whatever you're envisioning and whatever you're putting out there and asking for will will Mm -hmm. will be true you're almost living it and believing it before it actually happens and then you're then you're said open your hands up and and receive because it will come in one way shape or form yeah beautiful thing Yeah. yeah you know that's uh that's a lesson for the planet right there, you know? So creating your reality, it seems like simple. Everyone kind of says it in their own version, like, you know, dream big and all this stuff. But there is a science behind it. There's a formula, and you actually have to, yeah. you, you know, recite it and recite it and recite it. Like you say, visualize it and, and believe it and all that good stuff. So there is some effort required. It's not just an empty thought, right? There's uh, you know, yeah. emotion behind it. Yeah. So, so um, like I said, it's all... It's all go back to your passion, yeah. You know what you want to do, and um, and make it big, you know? yeah, yeah. And um, it will happen. So, so you know, you uh, just quickly, you get up in the morning and say, "Wow, I'm wondering if today's the day." Yeah, Isn't that yeah. great. That's Starting right. your day like that, you know. Yeah. Full thing. So, so, um, so that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. Powerful stuff, Bernie. Well, before we, we let you go, is there anything else you wanted to plug? I know you have uh, uh, maybe a passion project coming soon. Do you want to talk about? Well, the only thing I want to plug is uh, maybe plug my boat so we don't sink. When we do <laughs> <laughs> That's thank a really God, good yeah, idea. Thank God, plug that one up. <laughs> I hope you guys can swim. You know? yeah. yeah, I'll bring my, yeah, my water I'll, wings. Yeah, my wings. I'll bring my son Elvis's water wings. I'll yeah. bring those yeah. with me. <laughs> yeah, they. Um, we're coming up with um, 
the goalie boy. How about this? You know, we, um, and we're going to, um, you know, Jeannie, my wife, is behind behind the whole thing. But they, um, it's a beautiful thing, and we're going to, you know, we're starting, you know, in the uh, Delaware Valley, and uh, and you know, they, and then eventually we're uh, we're going to uh, spread out uh, across uh, the country. You know, it's a, um, you know, it's beautiful. Um, and, you know, with the stadiums and uh, and um, and you know, all the food chains, you know, and the whole bit. It's a it, it's a big undertaking, but it's also very very exciting. And um, and I uh, you know look forward to move forward. So 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 having said that, the um, the as um, for right now, the uh, really the um, the information that I'm, that I have to share share with you but uh, hopefully we get together down the road and uh, I'll be able to share a little bit more about it and how successful this thing is working I I, I just want to say I, I love the, the tagline Jeannie gave us so if you want to say it go ahead what's your tagline only the Lord only, only the, the Lord craves more <laughs> yeah, that's awesome <laughs> that's the best oh. Hopefully have some, yeah. Hopefully have some goalie bowly on the uh, on on the old boat. See, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to have, some. have a little lunch. Definitely, we will. Yeah. Oh yeah, looking forward to that, hey, Bernie. I got to thank you also for a couple summers ago sending that great video to my son for his birthday. It was one of the best mm-hmm. ones ever. You, you told him you love chocolate cake, so have a piece. You still you still get into a little chocolate cake. I know Riley doesn't with his <laughs> diet. He's no fun, man. He won't have yeah. any any junk food. You know, they, um, they, uh, yes, I do. You know, <laughs> yes, I do. I, um, you know, I see a, a chocolate cake somehow, my vision changes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame you. I can't blame you. you know? And, uh, you know, it's a beautiful thing. So, so come on, once in a while, you yeah. know, it's, a, it's good. You know what? You know what I do is, is I'll break down for one day, then the next six days. I'm very disciplined, so you don't get hurt. That yeah, there you yeah. go. That's all it is. Yeah. Discipline. Good strategy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We can't thank you enough, Bernie. Yeah, man. Uh, it's so awesome getting to talk to you, and hopefully we see you soon. I know Riley got to see you last week, but uh, keep getting better. Know that back, you're, you'll be back dancing. You're two steps in another month. You got one more month. You're good. Yeah. If I can, then I'll call Bobby Taylor. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. <laughs> Funny, Let funny, him fill in. Know, just kidding. Just kidding. I, um, I'm getting better every day, and um, and um, it's working out well. And then I and I know that everything will work out. It is working out, not well, but it's working out. And we'll be ready this summer to go catch some big fish, guys. All right. And, and I just want to thank you for having me on your great show. When they, um, it was, uh, you know, time went by. It's incredible. It was a beautiful thing. Thank you so much. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Bernie. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Have a good day, guys. You, right, too. you too. That interview was brought to you by Fans of Philly. Yes. Fans of Philly is the number one organizer of Philly fan trips for all sports. For upcoming Flyers trips, they're going to... Well, they're going to Arizona, which you and I oh, are yeah. attending, so and we cannot... Away. Yes, next Friday, I believe we're Ooh. taking off... Boys and girls, please join us. It's going to be amazing. Uh, after that, they're headed to Seattle uh, at the end of December. 
the 29th, and in the beginning of the year, they're going to be going to the Islanders' new building, uh, January 17th for that game, and then March Smashville with Nasty Knuckles with myself and Riggs are going to be going with our boys and girls from Fans of Philly to Nashville. Cannot wait. March 27th, right before Sudsy's birthday. I should get Sudsy to jump in on this Fans of Philly because he's an absolute legend in bars or anytime he's (laughs) having a cocktail. Um, But, uh, yeah, what a great trip we have coming up next week. Cannot wait. Hopefully the boys have ran off a few dubs. Yeah. um, And it's going to be a blast. Can't wait to get out there with these guys. Yeah, you and me both. Looking forward to it. Check it out at fansofphilly.com forward slash flyers hyphen road hyphen trips yes check it out hope we'll to see you there we'll post that also because that's <laughs> that's a little aggressive. that's a lot <laughs> oh we'll just find the philly.com yeah there you yeah, go there you go all we'll right out. all right and a huge thank you to our man oh my god what a Bernie legend Perron. a legend. legend that's the first time you could say number one in your program in your heart because there aren't many number ones that's right and he that's is true. and he is a Number one in Philadelphia. No doubt. Uh, we could have kept talking to Bernie forever. He's got great stories. Um, man, I've, he's told me some that just are unbelievable. He's yeah. just the best guy. Just a great human, man. Yeah, he really is. I think that's supersedes his accomplishments on the ice is, is how good of a human he is. You yes. Know? Just an unbelievably loyal, genuine person that... You know, he, he, he sparks the room everywhere he goes. He does. You know, he's got the smiles. He makes people smile, makes them feel good. Um, and, um, you know, he's got a ton of wisdom. You know, I love I love speaking with him because he's always got some some gems that he drops that, that are super important for for, for youth, for, yes. for adults, for, for anybody. He just uh, he has a really, really positive outlook on life. And, uh, and he's certainly uh, used it on and off the ice. So... Uh, always nice to reconnect with Bernie. Yeah. How about him? best in his recovery, too. I know, right? The back. Gosh, he's going to have a tough time plugging the boat with his back. Yeah, with his no, back. Right. We'll make sure he's 100% before we do that. Yeah. Um, I was amazed. One of the things, real quick, of him playing, how was it, 73 games? Yeah. Out of in one season? Insane. That's insane still. like that. Even after we talked about it, still, I was thinking about it last night. I'm like, Good n- grief, man. No way that would ever happen uh, <laughs> no. in the current day. You Not know, a you chance. Know, you, you, there's too many voices, too many opinions around yeah. recovery. Yeah. You know, between the coach, strength and conditioning, and GM, you would yeah. never see a run like that 40 games straight and then squeeze one game off and then get back, <laughs> back at it. So. It's a nationally televised oh, game. God, that was right. hilarious when you said that. Bobby Taylor. You yeah. were starting Bobby Taylor? Chiefs like... What? <laughs> he hasn't played for Chief was probably out as soon as they landed in Boston, right? Oh, yeah, right. Oh, that was a great story, though. But uh, He's awesome. Well, thanks again, Bernie. Appreciate yep. you. Thanks, Bernie. And that's a wrap for episode 51. All right. Check us out next week for episode 52. Until then, stay safe, knuckleheads. See you, knuckleheads. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.